Hey everyone, thanks for joining me today. This is the Far Away Farm Boy podcast and I'm your host Dustin. I'm a dairy farmer from Fort McLeod, Alberta, Canada, and this podcast is dedicated to all things Canadian dairy farming. This podcast is made possible by Livestock Veterinary Services in Pitcher Butte, Alberta. Livestock Veterinary Services provides a wide range of services for livestock, including dairy herd management, cow-calf herd management, advanced reproduction services, medicine and surgery, and many more. If you're ready to see their expert veterinary team, call Livestock Veterinary Services today at 403-732-5322 or make an appointment at livestockvet.ca. This podcast is also sponsored by Trow Nutrition. As leaders in animal nutrition, Trow Nutrition prides themselves in working with Canadian dairy farmers. Trow understands the importance of bringing innovative nutritional solutions to to your operations to maximize herd efficiency. Call your nearest Trow Nutrition location today to learn more about their innovative calf nutrition program. This podcast is brought to you by Chinook Dairy Service. Did you know that Chinook Dairy Service can fine-tune and optimize the performance of all brands of milking equipment? Call Chinook for for a free milking system evaluation today. Please welcome today's guest from Gaia, Gaia, G-E-A, who knows, uh, the very talented Jan Rodenberg. Welcome to the podcast, Jan. Yeah, thank you. It's great to be here. Yeah. Round two. Round two. Yeah, the first <laughs> one we had some uh, technical difficulties. That's happened more than once. I think it happened the first or second time I did a podcast. I had it with Tim Hummel. I think I told you about this. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's all good. It's nice to be back, so I don't mind coming back a second time. Uh, tell people who you are and what you do. I'm Jan Rodenberg, and... Uh, Yes, some of you might know me from uh, previous careers um, at a different milk and equipment dealership, as well as Lactinet, and I'm currently uh, the territory manager for Western Canada for GIA, or GEA. Cool. Where did you start working? Where did your career start? Um, well, way back on the farm, I guess. That was kind of the first uh, first job. Um, worked at the home farm and then at Morsan Farms at the time, and uh, then I ended up going back to school for a bit and then started selling some uh, lawnmowers for a New Holland dealership. Cool. And then worked, uh, yeah, kind of started working at a different New Holland dealership, sold some more of the larger equipment. So some of the haying equipment, some tractors, skid steers. And, uh, that was in Pinoka. Uh, no, first one was in Metasquin and the second, uh, dealership was out in Rimby. Okay. And then after that, I started with Penner and, uh, Lots of people know Penner, Penner Farm Services, like yeah. they're, they're not in BC, but they're the other Western provinces, right? Pretty much every other Western province now, yeah. Yeah. And they do most, not mostly lately, what do they do? Uh, yeah, a lot of hog and poultry, um, grain handling and milling, and then some, uh, yeah, quite a bit of lately equipment as well, or dairy equipment. And that's what you were doing there? That's what I was doing there, yeah. Yeah. So then you... You started working there, and then you moved to BC? Then we moved to BC, spent some time there at a dealership, and then uh, started working for DHI, or what's now Lactinet. Okay, and, right. Uh, yeah, that, that was really good, actually, and brought me back to Alberta. And uh, January 2021, I started for uh, GIA. So what does your role there look like? Uh, it's a territory manager, so just working with the different dealerships across Western Canada, and... Uh, 
yeah, trying to help out with sales or basically that that's kind of the primary, I guess. And then anything else that's going on at the dealerships. Um, so if there's issues with warranty or parts or, um, yeah, they need help with other stuff or you're helping with training, like some of the sales training, um, product training and stuff. So, oh yeah. um, a little bit of everything, never a dull moment. Yeah. Yeah. You travel around quite a bit then or? Yeah, I was traveling quite a bit, kind of every other week for the most part. Um, the last couple of months have been a little quieter or last month and a half. Um, yeah, primarily I think because everybody was out in the field, so. And it's not as busy and not as much going on. Did you go to school for this or what? Did you go to college at all or? No, I, well, I went to college for about a year, took some general business courses okay. and then, uh, but at that time I had kind of worked at the dairy and the, the, the plan was to take over the farm at some point. Yeah. Um, and that didn't really go as planned. So then I figured I'd go back to school, but in the meantime, I'd bought a truck that need to be paid off so it's pretty tough going to school and yeah. um, paying for the truck so and then uh yeah the job at new holland dealership came along and that was actually yeah kind of a cool opportunity so oh yeah that's what got me started and kind of never looked back but yeah. i would encourage everybody to still go to school some, take some secondary <laughs> education it's probably not a bad idea i did i did a uh <clears throat> like a one-year livestock production course and then after that, I was like, oh, I think I want to go for like pilot or something. And my dad's like, ah, you can pay for yourself. And I was like, actually, I don't want to go to school. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Where'd you go for the livestock? Familiar? Uh, no, in the Fraser Valley. Um, okay. University of the Fraser Valley. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, it was cool. fun. And then worked at home at the same time? Uh, yeah. Yeah, just milking. And I worked for Grace Mar and Chilliwack. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah, that was, it was lots of fun. And then, yeah, I was doing a practicum at grace Mar and then but i wanted to move to alberta to farm okay so i was like oh that's where the farming is going to be in hindsight i guess i could have moved to merit or Kamloops or something but yeah that's true but alberta's pretty cool yeah. other than the winters but. other than the 10 months of winter like <laughs> right now it's so nice it's yeah like, yeah july almost it's yeah. the nicest ever like no wind just green rolling hills like yeah pretty, pretty sweet well, I remember last time I was here, it was, I don't know if it was middle of winter, but it was definitely cold out still. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it looks a lot nicer right now. So gross, like yeah. when it's just brown and windy and ugh. Yeah. I can't stand it. No, no, there's times <laughs> we look back and we wish maybe we were still in BC. But. but it's, yeah, you sure appreciate days like this now, right? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, yeah, that's for sure. But do you do, so do you do any of the, um, like the software, um, training and stuff like that too? Like the, all the Gia software, like, uh, what do they have? It's not dairy. Is it dairy? Plan? Dairy plan. Yeah. So I don't work directly with dairy plan. Um, I have a colleague that uh, is based out of Ontario, mm -hmm. uh, Travis, and he does, yeah, does a really good job. That's kind of his, uh, his specialty, I guess. So, um, yeah, we'll work kind of alongside each other, but he kind of gets into the nitty gritty and I just hmm. kind of, yeah. So what's new on the, the product line? Like what's, uh, what's hot out there with Gia? What's <laughs> hot out there with Gia? Uh, there's a few different, uh, yeah, the robots are, are going well. Um, we've been selling pretty steady, which has been good. Uh, university BC is putting some in, um, Hostra's up in Leduc just started up. Okay. Um, a couple of projects that are going to go in, uh, one, here close to Lethbridge and then another one uh just east uh east of Calgary 
and then we'll, uh, we started up um, Flamins. I don't know if you ended up going there during the Holstein Convention. Uh, uh, Chris no. Hady Farms. I went to Kenbert. Okay. Okay. Yeah, so Chris Hady is kind of just outside of Regina, so they uh, built a brand new barn put into Gia Robots. Okay. Um, <clears throat> and then uh, there's just recently we had another startup uh, just outside of Saskatoon. Um, so that's been really good and yeah, it's, uh, there's, there's quite a bit of, quite a bit of interest out there. So we're working on a few different things and, mm-hmm. and, um, our, yeah, our new rotary parlors are becoming pretty popular. Okay. Um, so we've, uh, we sold three, three, um, rotaries here an 80, a 60 and a 40 stall. Um, wow. so they're all going to get installed here in Alberta. Yeah. Wow. Um, most of them will at least get started with the install before the end of the year. Um, if not be running by the end of the year. So that'll be kind of neat. Yeah. Can't believe guys are still building and, and like, what's the attitude out there with, uh, I don't know, the current economic times, like people are still going ahead and. Yeah. People are still going ahead. I think there's maybe a little bit more hesitancy. Um, it kind of depends per, per area as well. Some areas, um, you know, guys are, yeah, kind of down and out a little bit. Hmm. Um, you know, I think, yeah, not to pick on these guys, but I think especially BC's had a pretty rough year, year and a half here. So I think, yeah, things there might look a little, little tougher maybe than, uh, than the rest mean, of the like provinces. With the Just with, and yeah, with the flood and then kind of last year wasn't a good, very good season for growing anything, right? So hmm. um, I think a few guys are short on feed. Right. Um, so that becomes a little tougher. Um, there's guys out here too that are, that are running pretty short on feed. I don't know what your situation is, but yeah. Yeah. It's going to be uh pretty close. Yeah. I'd kind of counted on having a dry year, like as for as far as uh, like when we were chopping barley, it's like, Oh, we'll chop in the middle of July. Just like last year. Cause last year was a drought. Oh, yeah. So that's how I planned how much silage to save. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, it's actually, if we have a nice wet year, like it's turning out to be. Yeah, for sure. Like it'll be, you know, beginning of August or <laughs> whatever, yeah. eh? a little bit later. So, yeah. but like this spring, it was, it was dry. Yeah. It was pretty touch and go, like whether we were going to have a crop or not. Cause we had the crop in the ground for two, two weeks before we got any rain. Okay. When did you guys start seeding out here? Uh, well, when was it? May? Kind of early May. Yeah. And then did you get quite a bit of rain here the last few weeks? Yeah, the last few weeks have been like every weekend. The yeah. the one, yeah, was it two weeks ago? We got three inches. Nice. So we did have some flooding then. Like yeah. <laughs> no, sucks, it's but. it's been really wet central Alberta as well. We've had yeah. tons of rain. So huh. I think guys are pretty happy, but also a little eager to get first cut off now. Cause yeah. And Manitoba's been bit. terrible, like Manit- flooding Manitoba's everywhere. Manitoba's been really bad, yeah. Yeah, really wet. So. And the same with BC, like so wet they couldn't even yeah. get their corn in. Till yeah. Some guys are just putting their corn in now, yeah. almost July. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's not looking real great out there, that's for sure. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it's tough. Um, but, yeah, I guess that's part of farming. But, it's yeah. Uh, yeah, it's tough to have a couple of bad years in a row. Yeah. i seen some guys in Manitoba are floating on their canola. Like oh, really? instead of putting it in a drill. Yeah. Like getting a float and just floating it on yeah and it actually does okay like because the ground's so wet or whatever it just kind of sprouts yeah yeah crazy no hopefully it works out in saskatchewan i'm actually not too sure i think they're doing okay yeah like yeah i have a brother-in-law by swift current and 
yeah, it's kind of spotty where the rain goes and where it doesn't, apparently. Okay. Because some, some areas are getting storms and some areas aren't. Okay. But I think it's it's not like a drought, so that's good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah, so I don't know. It's still, uh, yeah, things are still moving along, and there's there's quite a bit of action happening right now, too. Like, there's lots of, lots of guys looking. Um, Ontario, Quebec have been really, really good for us this year so far. Um, looking for robots? Yeah. Yeah, okay. lots of there's been a lot of robots sold there. Is that um, because of the the um the new rules coming down like as far as tethering cows and and uh you know changing up their barn style? Out in Quebec maybe. Yeah. I'm not sure. Like yeah, no I'm not more sure if that has something to do with it or not. Hmm. So cuz they got a few years to change that yet, right? Yeah, I, I thought it was like 20 2030. Okay. I'm not sure though. Yeah. Yeah, it, it may it may have something to do with it, but yeah, for some reason, like last last year, Western Canada was was good for us. Um, we got quite a bit sold, and then this year, it seems like the first yeah six months, um, out east has been really good. So Quebec, hmm. Ontario, especially. Uh, I was talking to a dealer from there earlier today, and they said they had another twenty robots to put in before the end of the year. So really, so which is just one dealer out in Ontario. So that's uh, yeah, it's a good sign. So we can't complain. We did get a price increase too. I, that's coming down the yeah, line in September. That. Yeah. Is it two percent? Yeah, two or two and a half or something. Yeah. So that, I think it equals almost, yeah, like two cents or something. Okay. Whatever it was. Yeah. Yeah. So that helps too. Yeah, for sure. Now like, is that I read somewhere that that was going to be taken into consideration when they do their calculation in February next year. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So because I think that's when they're supposed to do it is every every February or yeah. something like that. Yeah supposed to look at it yeah but this is kind of an emergency or whatever because like when they were when they were kind of calculating the last price increase it was six cents or something yeah you know all the higher ups are like oh you know we're going to price ourselves out of a market with this price increase like canadians are going to be super mad in the grocery store type yeah. thing, right yeah but at the time you know i was like oh it doesn't matter like everything else is going up so much no yeah. one's gonna notice no you know if we if we bump it up right to cover our costs like but well, you, you can't just raise it infinitely right because no. all of a sudden the processor will go oh actually it's worth it to pay the 300 percent tariff and just get american milk yeah right? so yeah yeah luckily their prices have been going up too which yeah right. i think has kind of helped our situation here for sure which is yeah good for them too like yep. So. yeah it's always tough like knowing kind of okay well just because the sorry the pricing is going up for you guys um on farms dairy farmers doesn't necessarily mean that it equates to yeah. whatever is being however it's being raised in the grocery store right like i get a lot yeah. of i don't know it's interesting sometimes having conversations with people that oh you know what do you think about the quota system or what do you think mm -hmm. about these price increases like that just means we have to pay more for our milk and it's like well Actually, yeah. I don't know if it quite works that way. It's not totally <laughs> correlated. Yeah. Yeah. I've had a lot of those conversations. Sometimes, like my pastor taught me, sometimes they just want to be heard. <laughs> like, right? Well, and I think sometimes <laughs> it's a nice it's a nice opportunity just to to talk to people as well about how it actually works, right? Because I've always yeah. thought, you know, like if you really want to know everything about something, like it's you really got to dig into it more. Like it's whatever you see kind of upfront isn't necessarily doesn't paint the whole picture kind of thing. Right. And that's the same yeah. with, 
you know, with quota or milk prices or whatever, like people think it's all, yeah, correlated to whatever they're paying for their milk. And Great. I guess in some ways it is, but it's not necessarily just set by dairy farmers or whatever. So yeah, it's uh, I don't know. It's interesting sometimes to have to have conversations or dig a little deeper. And, um, yeah, I think that's the only way. Like yeah, when you when you take some time to talk, it's mm-hmm. it helps. I don't know. It's good to have conversation. I guess. Yeah, absolutely. I I have this these type of conversations with my electrician every time he comes. Like. Oh, yeah. super nice guy but he'll ask some question that it'll take like four hours to explain i'll just be like yeah uh yeah i mean where do i start <laughs> you know he's like you know what's going on with uh you know skim milk and all this other stuff it's like oh yeah it's pretty complicated but yeah <laughs> yeah no it's interesting uh, so what else is new at gear what else is new um we're um yeah, we're working on a few things behind the scenes. I don't know some of the stuff. I probably oh, we get an insider yeah. no, update no, no, no. here, or what? <laughs> I don't know. right I don't here on the so. Far Away Farm Boy podcast. Yeah, there you go. You heard it first. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, there's there's quite a bit going on. We're always yeah, we're always trying to develop new new things, um, but nothing that's um, coming down the pipe. I don't think anytime soon. Um, hmm. But uh, yeah, some exciting deals that we're working on and some some cool stuff. Um, floating around so that part's been exciting um we've had uh yeah some exciting changes i guess in saskatchewan and alberta kind of had a new dealer come in and um they've been yeah pretty aggressive bought out a couple other dealerships and who's that uh dairy lane dairy lane systems oh yeah right right yeah. so they've uh yeah they've done a good job and um so that's been exciting and then uh, yeah new ownership here at lethbridge right with mj coming in um, right yep and uh so yeah just kind of and and also within the company just um yeah a lot of younger people that are starting to kind of come in and take some more management positions and stuff um so it's just kind of cool to see that transition and just some fresher Mm -hmm. thinking i guess not that the older generation doesn't know anything but it's just kind of nice to yeah you want to keep up with the times and when you go to farm you also want to be able to kind of talk to people similar age right so um, I think when, yeah, some of the, I guess, once you get a little bit older and then, you know, the next generation is starting to take over, it's harder to relate, I think. So it's kind of nice to yeah have some younger people back in the industry and yeah, yeah that can relate a little bit more to, to the people that are, or to the dairy farmers, younger dairy farmers coming into the industry as well. So Right. But how many, how many younger dairy farmers are there coming into the industry? Like I was looking at um, succession stats and like lots of farms that are owned by 55 plus people don't have a succession plan. Like, no. So no. are so you could be talking to younger farmers, but they're not in ownership. So no. And I think, I think there are still a lot of like younger farmers starting to take over and, and starting to come in, um, and take over from their parents. But you're right. Like, I think there is also a lot of farms where, um, either the succession planning maybe hasn't been done yet or, um, yeah, hasn't been done at all, or it's been done maybe poorly. Right. Um, and it's just kind of this floating thing that everybody has some assumptions on what's going to happen. Yeah. Um, but then kind of when push comes to shove, nobody really knows what actually is going to happen down the road. Right. So, yeah. Um, but, but I do think there's, there's some really cool, um, situations out there too, where kind of the next generation is taking over and starting to make some decisions and stuff. And, 
um, yeah, that's really cool to see. But I, I hope not too many young people get deterred from being in the industry. But um, I mean, it's it's a tough it's a tough industry to get into um, for sure. And and I think yeah, even to take over and stuff is probably becoming harder and harder, and maybe not as appealing as uh, as maybe what it was ten fifteen years ago. Yeah, like if you look at the other jobs out there, I mean, why would you? You gotta work, you know, work your tail off and I don't know, just be poor all your life, like, or cash poor and equity rich or whatever they say. Yeah, yeah. So No, and that is a little bit the reality of it, which is, yeah, which is tough. I mean, you have to really want to do it and and love doing it. Um, Yeah, obviously, I would love to see more and more young people continue to come into the industry yeah because i think it's a neat industry to be in but at the same time it's a little hypocritical for me to say it because i <laughs> i kind of stepped out of the farm so um yeah. yeah so it's kind of a tough one like i say that about the industry or whatever but like i got it made like i'm healthy i i do what i love i work yeah. with cows like what more could you want i have a nice family yeah. it's nice it's nice weather out it's not even snowing no yet no and it, there is there is there are a lot of appealing things I think about dairy farming. Like, I mean, being around the cows and like looking at nice cows and stuff like that. And I know every once in a while you get booted or they on. make you mad or whatever, but, yep. um, yeah, I think it is, I think it's a, it's an awesome life and an awesome job. Um, you know, and, and just being able to kind of, yeah, be your own boss, do your own thing. But, mm-hmm. um, that doesn't mean you can slack off and yeah you know, relax in the house all day. So you got to work hard and <laughs> yeah, I realize it's, uh, it's not a, it's not an eight to five. That's for sure. Yeah. Speaking of, uh, being passionate about the industry, we we're at, um, the Holstein convention. Yes. I wanted to ask you about that. How, what did you think? What did you think the whole thing? Is that your first time going or what? Um, it's the first time at the Holstein convention, but I've, I've definitely been to more cow shows and stuff and, okay. um, yeah i thought the holstein convention was awesome i had never been so it was kind of cool to just see um yeah the tours the different farms and just yeah having them open up their their farms right and and just taking a peek and seeing how different people do it um where did you all go we went well i was i was at chris 80 um so our two uh gear robot farm by Um, regina by regina so um so yeah we were there toured a little bit and then i jumped on the bus and uh yeah i got to talk to a few different people and this is what i love like just talking to a few different people from all over the country right so i think the guys i was talking with were from pei um and then yeah the one night where where we met at the hotel there it was kind of cool just to talk to you know a couple of guys from ontario some guys from alberta um you know i think we talked to a few guys from the u.s right so that was really cool was it the president of yeah the vice president i think jonathan lamb from oakfield corners oh okay right and then the president that's right and then he had so jonathan has uh has a dairy pro q as well in in the u.s 72 stall yeah that's a robotic rotary yeah like nine thousand cows or something yeah between a bunch of farms yeah Yeah, so i think on that farm i can't remember i thought he was at three three thousand cows or a little over (laughs) um but they do an awesome job like if yeah if you ever they they have a lot of nice looking cows they do a good job at like the genetics side of things and have a lot of like have a nice show string and stuff so was that the vice president or the he was the vice president yeah, but yeah. i just saw the other day i think he's actually running for president this year okay yeah for, super uh, nice guy yeah, yeah for us holstein association so yeah. 
so that was neat so yeah just really cool to see all these people kind of come together and and yeah. to see like you were part of the young leaders program right yeah, was called. yeah. um so just to see yeah those youth all come together and be very passionate about the industry right so oh, yeah yeah that was kind of cool yeah um, i met some cool people like <laughs> yeah from all over like lots yeah. of people from quebec and um yeah manitoba I think. nova scotia and, yeah yeah crazy yeah, it was really cool. So it's it's kind of neat to see everybody come together. And then obviously the show is, yeah, it's always awesome to watch. I love looking at nice cows. So yeah, um, it's always cool to be at the show and <laughs> see the cows come through. And I think the Holstein Convention kind of brings out some of the best animals in the industry. So Yeah. The last day, the, cool. it was like kind of dusty in there. Did you? Have yeah, like it was a, pretty dusty. <laughs> did you get yeah. sick after? I did, yeah. You did? Yeah. yeah. yeah I, I, did. Go, I think I got COVID like uh, the last day. Oh, really? I was so sick. Oh, I thought it was just because it was, uh, like, dusty in the ring. Mm -hmm. And then so that, like, I was part of this, uh, the young leader thing, and we had a packed schedule, like, you know, places to be and talks to be at all together as a group, right? Yeah, yeah. And the last day was the AGM or whatever, yes. the uh, Holstein Canada AGM. Yeah. And I was just, like, shivering and, like... <laughs> Like coughing a little bit. <laughs> oh yeah, you try and hold it in just so like <laughs> yeah. nobody notices. Finally, I said to the young leader, like guy, I'm like, yeah, I think I'm just gonna go home. Like I don't feel good. Yeah. <laughs> but now looking back, like I lost my taste and uh -oh. stuff. Oh, I, I for sure had <laughs> you COVID. For sure had it. Oh, <laughs> not good. You were a super spreader. Yeah, it was like a <laughs> super spreader event. <laughs> no, it was so much fun though. The first like four days for sure. Though. And, but it was like all, uh, the young leader thing was all like kids under 25 or whatever. Like, okay. So I, I couldn't really keep up. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, I know. Go uh, sleep. I like, jumped on the bus with a few of those guys and they were looking pretty rough. I think they only got <laughs> off or went to bed maybe two or three hours before we got on the bus. So. Do you know, uh, Lars Iverson? Yeah. 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 The first or second night he won like. Oh, I heard fifteen hundred bucks at the casino. Yes, yeah. And then uh, the next night we went out for drinks, and then he bought every. I think it was like a six hundred dollar tab or something. Oh, oh yeah, well, thanks, Lars. Nice. Yeah, <laughs> no, I remember you guys telling me that that he was uh, he got pretty lucky <laughs> at the casino. So I think he lost like uh, like two or four hundred the next night or something. So. Oh yeah, uh, that's how it goes. It's all part of it. Yeah. Yeah, and you ended up going to sale as well, right? Because I ended up missing out on that. But the sale the whole scene oh sale? yeah that one night because that was yep. pretty sweet or it looked pretty awesome yeah the one uh i think Sh shakira daughter or something sold for 60 grand or something oh yeah so that was yeah. cool yeah i'm i'm less into the show stuff i just i don't get it like when a when a cow's daughter just sells for way more and I, uh, the whole thing and yeah it's tough to understand how that all works in a way, like I, yeah. It's all blizz blaz. Like, you yeah. know, the guy is paying his partner over there to, you know, hype up this cow so that he can sell her again. And I don't know. Yeah, I'm not sure though, all the ins and outs or the marketing behind it and stuff, but it's, uh, I always enjoy, uh, yeah, I, I enjoy seeing nice cows and kind yeah, of being too. around them. And that's, and that's fun. And then, yeah, whatever, that's a good place to be. But I really enjoyed, we went to uh, Love Hill or Love Home. Love Hill, Love Hill. Yeah, I remember something like that. Yeah. Um, um, just outside of, well, close to Belgoni, I guess. And uh, that was really nice. Like they had Tystal Barn with some really nice cows, like some excellent, some very goods. Hmm. Um, really nice herd. So just walking through there and like, yeah, it's all Tystal, right? So you get to see 
It's amazing. All the high, all the yeah. yeah, all the udders and stuff, and kind of the behinds of the of the cows, and it's yeah. yeah. No, it's I really nice I still appreciate to, like good looking cows for yeah. sure. I just don't get the show and the uh, that that part of things. Like, I don't know. Well, what blew me away was, um, yeah, just talking like seeing how passionate some of those guys are, right? So one mm-hmm. of the guys that we were sitting with one night from Ontario, and he was like just. Oh yeah! Shout out to Tony Van Lith. <laughs> yeah, there you right? go. Yeah, so oh, he was. He started mean, massaging your shoulders <laughs> and talking to you about embryos. Yeah, yeah. He was just. He knew everything. He, like, he's and, so good at that job. Yeah. Like he sells embryos, and I think he runs a, a farm too. And yeah, he's totally cut out for that. Yeah, it was amazing. So it was pretty cool just to hear him talk about. Yeah, genetics and embryos and different pedigrees, and oh, it was awesome. Yeah. It's pretty fun. Half of it is over my head, but it was just cool oh, to yeah. see somebody that excited about. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 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 There's a lot of things there that were over my head and just like when, when you're back on the farm, you're like trying to think about how you're going to pay the bills. And, and then it's so far removed from showing cattle. Yeah. I don't know. I'd, I'd like to hear from someone that like is a first generation farmer and shows cows and like here's how it pencils out like yeah well and i think you just you have to have a lot of good connections right like i think it's absolutely that's that's an industry where i think it's it's more about who you know than what you know Mm -hmm. uh maybe a little bit of both but um connections are definitely important on that side of the business i think Mm. um but it's uh yeah and and i do think the industry and also the genetics are moving more towards a profitable cow as well and it's not to say that none of the show cows are profitable but i think for a while there it used to be like you know the the very very nice looking show cow wasn't maybe necessarily your best producing cow sure. in the herd and i yeah. think it's kind of it's starting to balance out a little bit more now yeah from what little i know i, th- I think that's kind of uh like a lot of the focus don't don't you think when you talk to farmers like a lot of the focus is on making the business work and mm-hmm. ma- like even for you know well-established farms like it's more of a business to run and you kind of separate that side of things or what do you what do you think yeah i think the people that seem to do really well really run it as a business and they're yeah they have the business sense to kind of run the farm and it's not to say that people that some people don't know how to run a business when they're farming i think everybody obviously has some business sense um, but I think there's been a lot more focus on, yeah, profitability and making sure you run it as a business. I think it was easier to be profitable, let's say 15, 20 years ago, than maybe what it is today, right? Because, yeah, yeah costs are increasing, um, you know, your equipment's getting more and more expensive, your feed's getting more expensive, you know, everything kind of seems to increase and the milk price isn't increasing at the same rate, I don't think. No, it's not, yeah. Um and I mean, in some ways it can't, but at the same time, like that does make it like your margins start to shrink quite a bit. Right. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've been thinking about like, uh, like we have a few investor farms in the West where it's like, it's run by a capital group, you know, and it's, it's, I don't know. I I'm torn on it because on the one side, the, the quality standards in Canada are held together by proaction mm-hmm. not whether it's an investor farm or a family-owned farm or 
you know, whether there's, you know, two brothers or, you know, it gets kind of murky once, let's say there's only uncles running the farm. Well, it's not really a family farm then, right? Like, you know, what do you, what do you call a family farm? Because like these investor farms are run by families too. It's just other people are putting money in there too. Right. But you know, for some reason, um, some people in the industry are shying away from that. But then if you kind of diss investor farms, then you're kind of not putting the emphasis on our, our quality control, like ProAction is supposed to hold, you know, whoever is farming liable for their decisions and yeah. how the farm is run, right? But if you say, oh, no, it has to be family farmed because, you know, th- there's certain optics that we have to maintain. I, is, I get is that. Is there a push for that, though? Investor farms? No, no, for like for having it be a family farm because oh, there's yeah, certain big standards time. we need to uphold. Not any standards connected to it, but more optics. Like okay. if if the Canadian public sees that, you know, um, it's more an investment and a business as a, as a farm rather than like you know the green rolling hills and the red barn, yeah. you know. Well, and I've I, then yeah. they'll shy away from from you know uh, trusting Canadian farmers. Yeah, and I think that's valid. Like, there's a lot to that, right? We need to really hold our social license. Yeah, it's interesting. Like, uh, it's an interesting way to put it because, yeah, you look at everything else going on in the world. Um, like, your equipment dealerships are all being bought out by investor groups. Sure, right? they're not family-owned. No, they're not family-owned anymore. I mean, they all used to be probably 20, 25 years ago. Do your customers care? Them. I don't know. I don't think they – do you care? Not enough, right? No. I care a little bit. Like, if – yeah. You know, if it was a ma and pa shop, then I'd be like, oh, that's cool. And then as soon as you miss, like, coming out for a service or something like that, like, ah, screw it. Go (laughs) to Amazon, right? Or, like, you know, some big company that can help me. Yeah, it's a tough one. Like, I don't don't know what's what's right. Like, I'm not a – I don't know. Like, I wouldn't go out and and be like, oh, you got to support local. You got to do this. You got to do that. Um, Because it would be super hypocritical of me because I would would still buy (laughs) stuff off Amazon. Yeah. Like I buy my Keurig pods or whatever off Amazon because it's easy, right? Mm-hmm. You just, whatever. <clears throat> I ran out of coffee pods, so I'm just going to order new ones yeah. from Amazon. It's easy. Um, it's super easy and you don't have to go anywhere. You don't have to leave your house, you know, like, but at the same time, it's kind of like, yeah, it doesn't make sense. And really, yeah, the business that we're in, I guess, like a lot of dairy farms are still family owned, right? Mm-hmm they're local so it's kind of like you should kind of support maybe the locals a little bit more right and Mm. and i love like seeing little shops pop up in in town and stuff and like being able to just kind of go in somewhere and you know the owners and you can say (laughs) hi and whatever right like yeah um or it just kind of makes you feel more like uh, i don't know part of the community part of a community yeah Yeah. i guess that's the big thing um Hmm. where like some of these big corporations you're not really part of a no community really yeah. Um, but at the same time, I mean, Kia is, um, is, is a publicly traded company as well. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's, it's investor driven. Um, yeah, I don't know. Is it, I, I would rather it be a big company. Like, I mean, the product you guys produce or, you know, Kia and stuff, it's like top of the line, right? Yeah. If yeah. it was some mom and pa shop, it'd be like, Ooh, yeah, it's, <laughs> it would, it would hopefully be, it works. It'd be tougher. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> What yeah, products like do you uh, spend? This is interesting. Like, like there's a, some group of Canadians 
consumers that will like spend money on um, A2 milk or, or like yeah. these niche markets. Yeah. Like what do you spend money on in a niche market that you're like, oh, is it is it from here? Is it grown here? Like, because <laughs> like you said, you get your coffee pods off Amazon. You don't care yeah. what where the coffee comes from or if it's like. Well, I do buy the McDonald's coffee. pots, but that's just because I like the McDonald's coffee. So I don't know. Right. I figured. So you don't care about that, but what do you no, care about? To well, spend I do more and I don't because if if whatever i guess if i really think about it i would want people to be treated somewhat <laughs> well right like i mean i don't you're just saying that now it's on the podcast <laughs> no 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 oh, i care <laughs> no no but i i i do think there's something to that like at the end of the day um it needs to be like people need to be treated well um but yeah it, it's so tough like this is this is getting way too political but it, you know, everybody has kind of a different standard of living, right? So it's kind of like, right? The guys, yeah. the guys picking the coffee beans, like, are they? Yeah, how well are they being treated? Um, maybe you know, some might say, okay, well, they're not getting paid anything, right? And it's like, yeah, but maybe they're fine with five bucks a day or ten bucks a day right. or whatever. Um, but yeah, it's tough for me to. I don't know the ins and outs. Like I said earlier, when you really want to get into like people that complain about milk prices at the grocery store and then they blame the dairy farmers. It's like, no, there's a lot more to this. Um, and that's probably the same with, you know, these people picking the coffee beans and stuff. <clears throat> there's probably a, a lot more that meets the eye. Um, right. I thought you were going to go along the lines of like, once you can afford, once you have a higher standard of living, you can afford to spend more money on, on stupid stuff. <laughs> like if your coffee is ethically grown or whatever. Well, that, <clears throat> Yeah. And that's, that's another decision, right? It's, it's kind of the price point. It's like, sure, I'll support local, but if it costs me yeah, 30% more to buy local, do I really <laughs> care? Like it's, yeah. it's, it's a, yeah, it, it's tough. I don't know. Um, so, but we'll see. Like, I, I think, um, as far as just going back to farming, whether dairy farms, should be bought out or should be big corporations. I think, I think the world's heading that way. I think a lot of the farms that are going up in, you know, um, parts of Asia and stuff, like I think China and Japan and stuff, um, there's a lot of like huge farms going up there. And I don't think right. it's a mom and pop that want to start a dairy farm. I think it's just a big investment group that comes in and yeah puts up a huge dairy, right? Or but, they're state owned or whatever. Like, yeah. But yeah, then the other thing is like, well, you know, do you want Walmart to own their own dairy farm? That I thought of that right? too. Because that's Heck also no, right? Heck no. No, but they they own the processing now, right? So yep. that's going to be kind of the next step. Or they're trying. I don't know if they do their own processing yet, or if they're trying to. I'm pretty sure they are processing their own milk. Um, so now they're pretty well in control, right? Well, the next step's going to be we're just going to put up a giant twenty thousand cow dairy in right. the middle of nowhere. But that kind of goes against what I was saying, like if they're held to our uh, strict pro-action standards, then why not, right? Just another well, company. Well, because they can. Like, they usually could. There's nothing that, that would say they wouldn't. Um, well, the, yeah, right now, like, the Milk Board's going, hey, no, we're not allowing these big companies to buy okay. absurd amounts of Coda. No, like... And, right, and that's and happening recently, in Canada. Yeah, like, yeah. recently in Alberta, they put a 2% of um, the province's Coda allotment um, a cap on how much quota you can buy basically all at once 
or just how much you can own in total own in total on a single farm so one farm can only own two percent of the total quota available yeah which is an insane amount it's like yeah. uh four thousand cows or something like yeah you know you wouldn't want to have that many cows on a farm anyway no well it depends who you talk to i guess <laughs> <laughs> yeah i heard some rumors but anyway uh, <clears throat> like yeah i don't know so it's um yeah, and, and it's it's hard to say. It's hard to say what's what's best. I mean, at the end of the day, it is it is headed that way. Like I think there's a lot of like every year when you read the Lactinet um catalog or you go to like the Canadian statistics or whatever, it's usually less farms every year mm-hmm. but the same amount or more cows and more production. And average farm size is going up. Yeah. 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 So I think I think it's somewhat inevitable. Um and it's hard to it's hard to say like how long can you hold on to that um the red barn it uh yeah like kind of the idea of like you know it's all it's all family owned and and stuff like that yeah right, right, um yeah. yeah it's tough but it's a it's a nice way to market the milk i guess like cuz you can kind of carry that hey support local like these guys are local mm-hmm. you know there's Dustin down the road from you guys um that's milking the cows and you can go have a look at his farm or whatever right Mm -hmm. um you know he's from what is it here Fort McLeod still yeah yeah. right so it's like yeah he's he's right from Fort McLeod right and that's where you get your milk from like it's made 20 minutes down the road right um and that part's kind of cool because it Um, helps our social license to operate mm -hmm. you know and that's pretty important like they were saying nine out of ten Canadians know the the blue cow now yeah which is crazy for a brand yeah like yeah that's it's like pretty awesome coca-cola territory yeah 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 no and and i think it's 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 been really awesome like how milk's been marketed over the last few years like i remember I'm trying to think when this was this might have been like at least 10 years ago if not longer um and i was at the alberta agm in edmonton and they had hired a marketing company i guess at the mm-hmm. time yeah and I don't know if they were just starting to introduce the blue cow or if they were kind of thinking about how to market milk better. Um, but basically saying like how many millions of dollars like um, Coca-Cola and Pepsi and McDonald's and all these companies spend on marketing mm-hmm. and then kind of showing, okay, how much are, you know, are dairy farmers spending on yeah. on marketing, right? And there's obviously there's a huge difference. Um, but they were really pushing for guys like we need to market our milk better. We need to do a better job making sure that like this gets into people's hands right and they understand yeah. the benefits of milk it comes um, up every meeting like oh, yeah why don't we have a better ad because this ad didn't make sense to me yeah i'm an old farmer you know yeah <laughs> and it's not supposed to make sense to the old farmer that's the whole point <laughs> right some of these ads are pretty woke Jan. they are they are pretty woke, but but that's who you're trying to target right like when i yeah. i think it was the last alberta milk meeting i was at I had the same thing. Like I'd seen some of the ads and I'm like, I don't know, this doesn't make a whole <laughs> lot of sense to me. Yeah. But at the same time, then they explained as to what this ad was trying to do and who it was targeting. And then it made a lot more sense, right? And marketing yeah. is, is tricky that way. Like you, mm-hmm. you have to go to your target audience and the old farmer and kind of his age mates or whatever you want to call it, um, they're probably all drinking milk already anyways. Yeah. Right. Or they're more likely to be drinking milk where, yeah, it was like uh, young uh, or uh, like 20 to 30-year-old women, I think, yeah, right? Yeah, I think that that's the what they were talking about. That was the target. Tar- yeah. 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 And then 
and then they kind of yeah branch off into different cultures as well right and how to yeah how to use milk in your in your diet i guess for different cultures yeah um and that's important like i think you have to yeah it's it's all about targeting the right audience right and Hmm. um it's been really cool to see because after that meeting like 10 plus years ago then the milk to go kind of started to come out right so you had these chocolate milk labels like it used to just be in an old cardboard and you can still get them but like the Dairyland cardboard box right yeah but now you have these fancy bottles with like different shape and it says milk to go and yeah you know athletes are advertising and like drinking this bottle of milk chocolate milk after they play basketball or whatever it is right but it is pretty neat to see how that's gone and now also like you scroll through instagram or facebook or whatever and you see dairy farmers of canada ads right right um or the olymp i think it was during the olympics maybe they had some commercials as well yeah um so it's just cool to see yeah where that's where it was like 10 plus years ago and where it is today yeah um i think shout out to dfc i think they've got done a pretty nice job on marketing yeah we take that for granted right when you see other industries like you know doing different things it's like well why don't you guys just get together like you know we did with dfc you kind of have to remember that like back in the 70s all these guys were dumping milk yeah. And like, why don't we just get together, put aside our differences and, you know, have a, um, what do you call it? Yeah. A DFC type organization over us. Yeah. And yeah we somebody don't have to dump that's so got your milk. back. Yeah. yeah. I think it's DFC that does the marketing, right? Pretty sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. For all the provinces except Ontario, I think. Yes, that's right. Or yeah. they do it on behalf of Ontario, even though Ontario doesn't. Possibly. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not sure how that all works, but I remember <laughs> something about Ontario. <laughs> trying to do something different so and that's fine yeah. well that's yeah they have like you know more than half the producers i think right they have like five thousand farms yeah pretty like close that. so yeah. can't yeah. blame them for one to try something different yeah yeah, yeah. like here in the west we, we have two thousand i think and then uh like, yeah pretty close to that yeah 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 and then uh quebec and ontario it's, it's amazing how many farms are in quebec like yeah i did not yeah, there's a ton that. of there's them. like yeah. three thousand i think it's the highest i don't know which one is I wish I had my little progressive dairyman map yeah. that has all the all the numbers and stuff. But yeah, no, it's uh, it's either Ontario or Quebec, but they're definitely the largest, um, crazy by far. But they're both pretty close, I think. Uh, so well, Jan, thanks for coming on the podcast a second time. No problem. It was fun. It was <laughs> Hopefully, awesome. the audio uh, quality is good in uh, post production here. So cool. Thanks. Take care. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to the Faraway Farm Boy podcast, episode number 55 with Jan Rodenberg. If you guys like this podcast, you may like the Hopcast or the Holstein Ontario podcast. This podcast has been made possible by Chinook Dairy Service. Did you know that Chinook Dairy Service can fine-tune and optimize the performance of all brands of milking equipment? Call Chinook Dairy Service for a free milking system evaluation today. Join me again next time on the Faraway Farm Boy podcast.